Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, exit stage fright. Tom brings the case against his friend Trinity. Trinity longs to be discovered and believes she was, quote, born for the theater, unquote. Despite her enthusiasm for theater and performing, she refuses to try out community theater. He thinks she should get over her fear and go for it. Who's right, who's wrong, only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents the obscure cultural reference. Why me? Why, I was born for podcasting. 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 Bailiff Jesse Thorne, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he defines legitimate theater as productions that feature only Judge John Hodgman? I do. I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Tom and Trinity, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, and I am quite concerned you're going to get this one because I know you know it. Can you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Trinity, you have been brought to this court against your will, so you have the choice to either guess first or make Tom guess first. Which will you do? Well, I have a feeling I know what it is, but I'm going to let Tom guess first. All right. That way you might get some information out of Tom's... I might. ...erroneous guess, I'm sure. Right, Tom? Because you wouldn't guess correctly even if you knew and shut down this podcast before it even begins, would you? (laughs) There are certain superstitions and conventions of the podcast. You don't say the names of certain plays. You often talk in a completely bogus Southern accent, and you don't guess correctly even if you know. (laughs) But you can if you really want to. Well, I I can tell you that that I believe that I know, uh, but I'm going to give you an out because I cannot remember the specific... Uh, podcast episode name. I believe that you are quoting Andrew from the prior podcast who uh, repeatedly stated that he was born for the theater. (laughs) And if you had to guess the name, what would you guess? Oh, goodness. Uh, Wow. Um, I'm not that... You don't have to make a meal of it here, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Chewing the scenery. All right. That's a good guess. Trinity? Um, I know that it is from that podcast mm-hmm. um, because I you, have heard you, that he is born for the theater. Mm-hmm. But I do not remember the specific name of it. But I do know that the people on that podcast are responsible for possibly killing Judy Garland. I appreciate your willingness to display such familiarity with this podcast. You are both correct in identifying that this was a quote from an earlier podcast, but uh, the one guess that was made was wrong, and I'm not going to make you come up with something, Trinity, just to say all guesses are wrong, because they would be. All guesses would be wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you are not giving me an out, Tom, by, by not remembering the name of the podcast. That's just you not remembering a thing, especially since you quoted this line in your petition to this court, so you had to know I that I was going to go back to it. I did. Specifically... <laughs> Episode number 151, Sick Semper Dramatis, from March of 2014, in which one Texan brother, Will, brought another Texan brother, Andrew, to court 
asking me to stop him from making scenes and acting like a reality TV star in public. And Andrew, I challenged Andrew to say I was born for the theater five different times, five different ways, and he blew me away. And I'm thrilled to say we have him on the line right now as an expert witness. Andrew, hello. Hello, Judge. How are you? I'm feeling very hashtag blessed right now. Ah, very good. <laughs> I'm glad to know that you're you're still you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, Andrew w- was uh, undertaking all kinds of uh, uh, brash stunts in his life, such as yelling at his brother, "You're the reason." What was it? You're the, you're the type of person who killed Judy Garland. That's right. <laughs> his brother criticized his breakfast choice, <laughs> and also served him a martini that was 100% vermouth. And also would say and believed to be true, and I think it too. He was born for the theater. Uh, I can't believe it's been two years since you were on the podcast. It feels like just yesterday. What have you been doing these past two years, Andrew? Oh, well, I graduated college and um, just been working, and I'm still waiting on my Fabergé tie for my brother as well, two years later. He hasn't? Oh. Bailiff Jesse? Yes. We got we to gotta get the internet law on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we need is a sheriff. We need a court sheriff to go out and enforce this stuff. That seems like something John Roderick would be into. Oh, my God. I hear John Roderick starting up his uh, his motorhome right now. <laughs> if we gave him a wardrobe budget, I think we could get Roderick to do it. What a thing that would be. Well, I'm going to send John Roderick after your brother and make him buy you a Fabergé tie, Excellent. as I ordered. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, y'all, just go back to episode 151. And by the way, I said y'all because suddenly I'm I'm from the South. And you know something, Andrew, I, re- I revisited that podcast today in preparation for this one, and it was such a fun one. And, uh, and I seem to recall saying that you needed, to, you, needed to, you needed to be nicer to your brother and not scream at him all the time, even as a joke. But I take it back. You scream at him. <laughs> okay, I definitely will. Yeah, since he hasn't given you that tie, I'm, I'm, I'm rescinding all orders, and you just be yourself. Because uh, are you, are you, you were going to look into getting into filmmaking or television in some capacity, either in front of or behind the camera. Is that still a dream for you? Oh, yes, it is. Um, I'm looking into looking to apply to some post-production houses here in Dallas. Um, still debating whether to move, make the move to New York or L.A. because um, I'm with the boyfriend, so we had to figure out what we're going to do once he graduates um, with his master's, and then we'll move from there. So, But, yes, what's I he, still want to... Hmm? What's he studying? He's getting his master's in documentary filmmaking. Oh, boy. You guys are going to be so poor. I, think... I know. <laughs> I wasn't made for this life. <laughs> <laughs> Production. You were born for the theater, Andrew. Yes. Aren't you going to tread the boards? I do hope so. I do hope to finally make an appearance back on the stage and relive the glory of it. I okay. miss it so. Well, I'm glad you're here because we have uh, Trinity and Tom. And the case, as I understand it, is that Tom and Trinity are friends. Is that correct? Tom? Yes. Tom and Trinity? That's right. correct. And, and Tom believes that, that Trinity uh, should uh, take to the stage, uh, that she herself believes she was born for the theater, <laughs> and yet she won't audition for any community theater, and Tom wants me to order her to become an actor. Is that, is that more or less right, Tom? That is correct. Okay. And why do you think Trinity should be on stage well you know i've known trinity for a number of years now what number of years specificity is the soul of numbers 
We initially met back in the late 90s when both of us worked at the American version of the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. Okay. Um, and <laughs> where was this uh, American Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage? Th this was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And is that, were, were you guys college students at the time? There. Uh, yes, we were. All right. And yes. are you both from Michigan? Yes. All right. And where are you now? Uh, we are both still in Michigan. I am in West Bloomfield, Michigan, which is about 30 miles northwest of Detroit. Okay. And Trinity. Trinity. Okay. I am in Riverview, Michigan, which is about 20 miles south of Detroit. Okay. And now, the, so going back to the late 90s, you were both slinging flavored syrup at, a, at an undisclosed pancake structure. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and you saw Trinity and you're like, she, she needs to be on stage. Is that what you're going to say to me, Tom? Or are you going to say a different thing? Go. No, I, I, it started then. That was certainly the genesis of everything. Um, I noticed that she had a, a certain way. She was, she was a waitress at the time. And um, I noticed she had a certain way with the customers. Uh, she entertained them mightily and uh, uh, entertained all of us uh, back of the house workers as well as a matter of fact, uh, including uh, she and her husband actually came in one day and did a full performance of uh, a Weird Al Yankovic classic, which was which was tremendous. And you may name the name of that song. That was, uh, oh, what's it called, Trin? I'm oh, you think I'm going to help you? Uh, I, you should. Um, you did not come prepared. To <laughs> Since you've been gone. Since you've been gone, yes. A beautiful acapella version of that song, which is an acapella song, this, Barbershop. This yes. was back at, in Pancake Days? It was. And, tr and so, Trinity, you, you, you perform in the back of the house, it sounds mm -hmm. like. Yes, and in the front of the house, yeah. just for tips. And right. this is a legitimate place. <laughs> You're very defensive. Of <laughs> well, I was afraid of how it was coming across, how I performed for tips in the front and the back of the house. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe I missed something, and you still work for this pancake structure. No, I do not. Now, you have a different job now, is that I that? do have a different job now. You're a grown-up, so what is your grown-up job? I am a hospice social worker. Oh, that must give you a lot of opportunities to sing and dance. It actually does. <laughs> I could, you know what? I, I said that as a joke, but as I was saying, I was like, oh, you know what? I, I, bet it, I bet there's something there. I mean, first of all, it's very noble work, and thank you for doing it. And, and do you have singing and dancing opportunities in the hospice? I do. Um, I sing to many of my patients um, and I go into a number of nursing homes and I get the opportunity to entertain um, when they have activities and things going on there. So I, I have an outlet for all of this pent up um, theater stage need. I do have an outlet for it. It sounds like you focused on performance situations where the audience either cannot or it would be very difficult for the audience to escape. Correct. Got it. I prefer people in booths or wheelchairs. Got it. Ah. <laughs> do you love musicals, Trinity? I do. I have uh, a love of musicals, yes. And, uh, and Tom says you go and see a bunch of them? Yeah, I have um, usually about once a year. I try to go to New York City to see one mm -hmm. actually on Broadway. And then yep. I also do catch them uh, different ones when they come through Detroit. Thank you, Trinity, for clarifying that you usually go to New York City and not New York State. Uh, although I hear the musicals are super good in Schenectady. <laughs> You're welcome. And Tom did send in as well some photo evidence <laughs> of you in New York City Hands in the air, ecstatic, in Times Square, and in front of the Copacabana. Yeah. What is, 
What's the Copacabana? I don't even know what Copacabana is. is. That is that what I'm supposed to be looking at in this picture? I'm very happy that you asked about the Copacabana. The picture under the Copacabana, that's there for a reason, is that um, Tom and I do a lovely karaoke version of Barry Manilow's Copacabana. What he is not sharing with everybody is that he, too, is a wonderful singer, and we do a fantastic rendition of this song. When I saw the Copacabana, I actually bolted across the street and made my girlfriend take that picture just so I could send it to him. So you're saying that Tom is trying to force you on the stage because he has his own ambition to be on the stage, and he's too scared to do it. I believe that Tom has an ulterior motive for getting me up on uh, on a stage. And that motive is that he wants to be on stage himself? Absolutely. Tom, how do you <laughs> respond to this accusation that you are stage-mothering Trinity in order to get attention for yourself? <laughs> I respond very strongly that um, I've, I've been in uh, community theater, and I'm not afraid to do it. I've done it. A, a number of times myself. It's not in many years, but you know, I was never really an actor. I was never really a dancer, especially the dancing part. Um, I, it is true that I have, uh, in the past, had a good enough voice to participate in uh, community theater musicals. Uh, I, I'm not so sure about it anymore. Well, why don't you do a couple of lines of Copacabana, and, we'll, and then we'll know. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Uh, that's that's not my strongest song. That, that I'm was... ordering you to do it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and her dress cut down to there. That's all you're going to give that's, us? That's a couple lines. Andrew? Yes. What do you think? Is Tom going to Hollywood? Uh, you know, I, 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 we'll have to just see. <laughs> it's very possible. You've got to sing out, Tom. You've got to sing out. I think the problem is that he's not singing with me. <laughs> yeah. He sounded a little thin and reedy and hesitant. And Tom, I just think like, you know, in a competition like this, you have to really want it. <laughs> But I'm going to say yes. I'm going to give him another chance at the end of the podcast to see if he can do better at the next audition. Andrew, is that a yes or a no? Uh, yes, yes. Bailiff Jesse? Well, we've got two out of three, so Bailiff Jesse, you can be mean if you want. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think Tom should focus on other endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> Still, that's two out of three, Tom. You get to remain on the podcast. His voice is pretty good, Trinity. His voice is lovely. He wants you to do community theater. And do you have a, an opposition to that because it is community theater? No, not, not just because it's community theater. I, um, I'm shy. It does not <laughs> seem that way. <laughs> um, my, uh, see, I'm, I'm so busy. <laughs> we're, it's clear that we're standing on shifting sands here. Yeah. I don't have time for evasions. Okay. I know you have a full-time job that yes. is meaningful, but you start out by saying I'm shy. That's, mm -hmm. I think, what we call in the fake law business a crux <laughs> that we have found. You have been singing since your uh, international structure of pancakes days. <laughs> yes. Uh, you do, I think, probably what is the least shy thing I can imagine, which is to speak frankly and respectfully about a very difficult subject, that is to say death, with people who are approaching it. 
So what about being on stage specifically makes you nervous? And you're not, also you do this this karaoke, which we're going to, again, this is a tease. <laughs> Stay to the end of the episode, y'all, because it's going to be good. But you, do, but you get on stage regularly with your friends, obviously with the aid of alcohol. Are you, are you having a, little, a couple of drinks, a little liquid courage before you do your karaoke? If I drink during karaoke, it is not as good. I'm better sober. I'm one right. of those very rare sober karaoke people. Oh, good for you. You're facing down an audience without any any mood adjustment whatsoever. So tell me what it is about the prospect of auditioning for and uh, and perhaps getting a role in the, like a community production of Hairspray or, uh, or or what have you that makes you try to lie, right? You know, you say the first thing and then you lie about being too busy. Like you're lying to me right now in real time. What is the feeling that you're feeling? Um, I, my, my biggest worry is being up there on a stage with other people depending on me uh-huh. and I screw up. I drop uh-huh. the ball, something happens and I have a bunch of people counting on me, depending on me. And, and I make it so that it becomes a flop. Um, I, you know, I, I Because all the other stuff you're doing is solo. <laughs> a, a lot of it, it, it's not completely solo, but when I'm in... Yeah, but with, it's like maybe you're singing with your dumb husband or whatever in Right, kitchen. right. Maybe. Maybe. Or, maybe. or my dumb best friend up on a stage. Yeah, that one too. But it's also sort of like it's... You're, you're worried about letting down other people. Right. It's very hard when um, you're dependent on other people doing their job well for you to do your job well. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm always concerned that um, I want to put forth, you know, my best self and I want to be able to perform very well for someone. And I would absolutely feel horrible if I was standing up there and there's people that are watching us perform and people who've put in their passion for it. And and I drop the ball, making it so that other people um, don't get the best experience. Has this happened in your life? Um, it, it, I have not dropped the ball, but I've had other people drop the ball for me and I know how that feels. How did someone drop a ball for you? Well, you know, like when I work, I'm dependent on other people doing their job to, to do mine. And when I go into a situation and something isn't followed through the way that I may need it to be. So I have to try to fix it in a very high stress situation. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it, um, not only does it put the burden on me, which I have no problem with, but it also makes the the people that are observing it or who are experiencing it, it makes them uncomfortable. So I feel like a lot of my everyday existence is making people feel comfortable. And I honestly, I, I would hate to make it so that people don't feel that way. But you're presuming that that's inevitable on some level. You're absolutely right. I go out there and I empower people every day, but for some reason I believe that I'm going to get up there and I'm going to forget, you know, something or a cue or I'm going to, you know, trip and fall and or something's going to happen. A phone's going to ring out in the audience and I'm going to get distracted. I haven't thought about all these problems not once at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You got me. (laughs) Trinity found her own crux right there. She has some profound self-knowledge. Yes. Tom, why do you feel it is necessary? She knows all this stuff about herself. She's making a decision as an adult <laughs> to be a, a fraidy cat about this and and not undertake what you have in mind for her. 
which is your weird stage mothery, high-pressured <laughs> desire to see her uh, community theater stage. Why can't she make this decision for herself, or why is she making the wrong decision for herself? Well, I think that any time that uh, a decision in general is made on uh, just fear of screwing up or something sort of... Um, um, very intangible like that when it's not likely at all i I think that's the wrong decision to make or Or even if it is i mean it's not what she's talking about is not unheard of people make mistakes on stage all the time yeah but with her i think uh, it's a little bit different i've i've seen trin perform uh so many times and i've I mean, frankly, I can't think of a single time where I have ever seen her screwed up. Uh, and another point is that uh, there is this culture in, in community theater, at least the, the group that I was with for a brief period of time, where if you screw something up, which I have done on stage, uh, somebody is there to, to pick you up. Somebody else will be there to, to help you out, to cue you, to push it along. And, and you know what? The other thing that, that I've noticed is audiences really don't notice uh, uh, that sort of dropped line every once in a while or, or a missed note. You know, they're, they're, they're there for the entire experience. They're there for the entire experience of seeing their dentist sing a song from The Music Man. (laughs) (laughs) The other cast are there to support you and catch you. And also on some level, the audience doesn't care or just doesn't notice because they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Guess what that's also true about? Every other kind of theater. Broadway theater. (laughs) Andrew. Yes. You've been listening to Trinity. I have. You find any cruxes in there? Uh, I I think I, I think I do. I think I do. It's the one thing about the stage. It's a team effort. So, like they were saying, if something does go wrong, you just keep on going. The show must go on. Yeah. Have you ever had an experience where something went horribly wrong on stage? Uh, yes, actually. I, there. I, it wasn't me performing it, but we were doing. Um, Hamlet and um, and I was on stage at the time playing Osric and during the fencing scene one of the swords just collapsed and the actor playing Hamlet just shouted out at, at an instant Horatio sword and he, they threw a sword across stage and they kept fencing and no one noticed and oh. it, was, it was beautiful you finally beautiful fixed moment. Hamlet it sounds like today. <laughs> <laughs> Tom do you feel that Trinity's happiness is being held back by her fear? I do. I do think that... That was a pretty uh, leading question, I have to say. I was really handing that to you (laughs) because you're so poorly prepared. I I have to help you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do think that uh, her happiness is being held back by her her fear. I think that... uh, Do you have any evidence of that, sir? (laughs) (laughs) My evidence is that... um, I've seen her perform, and every time I've seen her perform, she has been incredibly happy. She has always uh, uh, had an audience uh, adore her. I've never seen an audience not love her when she performs. And uh, she feeds off that energy. The audience feeds off her return energy, and, and everything is uh, wonderful. Trinity, yes. Tom accuses you of feeling a special kind of happiness when you perform. Can you concur? How would you describe the happiness you feel when you perform? And don't mess up, as you are obviously prone to do. (laughs) Well, 
I'm a naturally happy person, but when I'm performing, it is... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say you're a naturally happy person? Yes. Oh, no, no. Then, oh. then you should never get on stage. <laughs> <laughs> right, Andrew? No happy people in the arts, please. Uh, please, yes. I mean, we all we all saw what happened to poor Judy Garland, how miserable she was. Oh, I know. Oh, but she was a star. I know. She wasn't. She'll live forever in the stars. Trinity doesn't even drink during karaoke. No. How can she become a great drug addict child star like Judy Garland and then <laughs> then die crushed and forgotten at an early age? Oh, I don't know. She might have to take the Myrna Loy uh, route and do it the, uh, in the good way. Myrna Loy. I, yeah, I was just watching The Thin Man again. <gasps> I was too. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is why you two are best friends. The psychic connection. <laughs> The Thin Man. The Thin Man is my second favorite movie that sounds like the Third Man after the Third Man. <laughs> Myrna Loy, boy. So how did well, how did she end up? I didn't know that she took it. What was the route that she took? She took the what I, I need to read her biography, but from what I gathered from it is that she actually took the uh, uh, very um, good route, and she actually didn't do much compared to what some of the other she stars in herself. her day did. Yeah. yeah, she took care of herself and did everything her way, but that made her successful without having to um, to uh, put down herself in the process. Right. Uh, she was a sober karaoke performer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tom, is there a particular community theater uh, production that you have uh, earmarked for uh, Trinity to audition for? Should I find in your favor? Well, I have scoped out uh, several of the local community theater groups via the Internet. And um, it turns out that the audition season for this year's musicals, which are generally performed during the summers, are uh, uh, it's passed. So this is pointless. Yeah, well, no. I find in your favor, Trinity. Goodbye, all of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but they have not set their schedules what for you. Ah, I, uh, I gotcha. You, you prepared poorly again. I get it. Bad timing is the hallmark of a good stage artist. <laughs> Someone throws you a sword, you try to catch it next week. <laughs> <laughs> with, with my chest, yes. But if, if I were to find in your favor, Tom... What would you have me order then? I would have you order that Trin. Uh, she can choose the musical. I don't mind that. Um, she can even choose the the group. Uh, but I would ask that you order her to uh, perform or audition for a community theater musical within the next uh, two years. No, next season. Next season is oh. fine. That's I. I have no problem with that. I was trying to give her a little more leeway, but that works for me as well. What are the What are the musicals that are being performed this season that she's already missed out on? Uh, this season, there were. Uh, I didn't make yeah, notes of these. Why am I even asking you questions, <laughs> Trinity? <laughs> yes. I want you to forget about your stage fright for a second here. Okay. And I want you to imagine uh, a, a musical that you would love to perform in. Okay. And. It, it can be Hamilton or anything. Oh. Oh. I would pick Hamilton in a New York minute. Right. In a New Because I could be helpless. I could never be satisfied. I don't want to throw away my shot. Nah. <laughs> it sounds like you really are throwing away your shot. Though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but for Hamilton, for Hamilton, I'd make an exception. So that's the one you would make an exception because I guarantee you there are going to be a lot of community productions of Hamilton in the next. Absolutely. Of 
and, and it will be interesting to see them. <laughs> so let's say for the sake of argument, there is, Not there is Hamilton. a, oh, no, you change your mind now? No, I meant community theater wise, Hamilton. I, I can't, I can't wrap that fast. Yeah, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't be on uh, Broadway, Hamilton. Absolutely not. <laughs> they have everyone they need. Yes, baby steps. <laughs> and they've already announced the Tony Awards, so, you know, I want to I have a shot at that. You do. You want to have a shot at winning a Tony? <laughs> Man! Yes. <laughs> well, how do you expect that's going to happen? Uh, my good looks, my charm. Wait a minute. What do you... You, you're you're afraid and uncomfortable with the idea of getting up on stage in a community theater. So you think you're going to go to New York and someone's just going to look at you and say, you know what, kid, you got it. You don't even have to work for it in community theater. You don't have to take acting lessons. You don't have to take singing lessons. You've got it. You just were born with it. And I'm not even going to make you perform. Here's a Tony. Who do you think you are? John Hodgman with that delusion. <laughs> That would be the best case scenario. <laughs> that would just prove that maybe I was born for the theater and didn't have to work for it. But you just think you, you, you had, when you say you're born for the theater, <laughs> you're born for the theater in the same way uh, Rob Stark is born to inherit uh, uh, Winterfell. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tom. You got that one. I like that little. <laughs> yes. You, you want fame, but you don't want to work for fame. Oh, Debbie <laughs> Allen would be mad. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to make Debbie Allen mad. See, the thing I have to determine here is you, I think you are a happy person, but I have to determine whether or not your unwillingness to audition for community theater in Michigan, which I think would be the next logical step for you, whether your unwillingness to do that is a conscious choice towards your own happiness or whether it is a reflective choice out of fear that is keeping you from reaching an even happier level and trinity which do you think it is you're the one who lives in your body is it a conscious choice of happiness or is it a fearful choice that is keeping you from a new level of happiness those are options a or b and i'm just going to let you say which one you want to say I will say that's probably, um, it's fear. Yeah. It is. I asked you to say A or B, but I'm going to let it go. Right, I'm good. sorry. That's B. A, you know what? You got to learn to take direction. <laughs> <laughs> so then the only thing left is to determine whether you've got what it takes. Because the thing is that if, the, let's say you had said A. No, it's a conscious decision. I'm happy with the decision. I have a full and complete and fulfilling life. And I don't have time and I, I don't wish to go through the process of getting through the fear that I have about being on stage. I'm fine. You could have said that or you could have said, I'm just a scared. And, but then we would have to go to the videotape no matter what to see, <laughs> A, whether you're good enough to bother overcoming your fear or, or B, because I love my A's and B's. Whether despite your conscious decision of happiness, your talent is compelling, so compelling that what you care about doesn't matter. You have to do it anyway. Right, Andrew? Mm, I agree. You following me on this? Mm-hmm. Andrew, you have any stage fright tips? 
you're not a person who's afraid of being out in the world making scenes. Correct. I will say uh, every so often the butterflies would occur and I would be anxious about appearing on stage. I, I could never eat before performing, otherwise I would <laughs> get sick. But as soon as you get on that stage, it all magically starts to disappear and you just start going with everything and it's magic. I, you know, there's, some, there's something in what you say. Um, having, I, I have not, I, you know, the only onstage performance I've done typically is, you know, stand-up and storytelling. Um, but there is a there is a kind of magic that occurs, and you must have felt it doing even karaoke. Like, what's the feeling you have when you are belting it out at uh, sober karaoke? <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, do do more describing. <laughs> um, well, I prefer it when there's more people there. I right. prefer it when because. Um, I feed off the energy and it's right. just, it's so much fun. And you know, the, the, the video that Tom sent in, I didn't realize it was going to be on a, an audition video, but it was, um, it's so much. You think I don't have a flair for the dramatic? It's, oh, <laughs> I know you do. Right. You, th- you think, you think this wasn't going to end with us listening to that? Oh. Having me and Andrew and <laughs> Jesse voting for whether you're going to go to Hollywood? <laughs> Well, I will say that. But here's um, the thing. Here's what I'm going to ask you: Like, you've yes. made you've made mistakes in in your songs that you're singing. Yes. And and but there there have probably been times when um, you feel like you can't possibly make any mistakes. Sure. Right. I mean, what what I've discovered in my in my experience of live performance and taped performance is that you, adrenaline kicks in. And your body and your brain, reptilian portions of your brain, prevent you from messing up too badly. Your body doesn't want you to fail. Your brain doesn't want you to fail. And while do, people do make mistakes and that sort of thing, I think more often, and Andrew, you can tell me, this is sort of what you, I feel like you were describing, more often fear kind of goes away and your body just says, and I think it's a survival mechanism as much as anything else, don't worry about this unconscious brain we got this yes i would definitely agree the unconscious does whatever when i would go on would take over because it just start following the cues hitting my lines and getting the blocking done and everything it was just it all just comes together it all just comes together you hear that trinity oh yeah (laughs) and what's your what's your middle name My middle name is Star. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh that's hitting low. <laughs> Look, for once, Tom got his act together and sent me some information that I could use. <laughs> you know, you just have you just have let's say a non-traditional first and middle name, Trinity Star. What was going on yes. with your, with your parents? I come from a, a sturdy Irish Catholic background. My uh, high school girlfriend's name was Trinity Rose, and her sister's name was Liberty Star. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I just got an email from both of them, Jesse. They're watching The Thin Man right now. <laughs> <laughs> Trinity, of course, I should think of that as that's a Catholic name for sure. But mm-hmm. Star, is that like, what, what's going on there? That was my mom's middle name, so she passed it on to me, and um, I did not have any girl children, so I wasn't able to pass it on to my girls, but my sister did, and my sister's daughter has that middle name, so it's being passed along. Do you have boy children? I have boy children, yes, I do. 
She has two, Martin and Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I think you, I think you see where I'm going. Like, normally, I would wait uh, until after I deliberate in chambers to make my verdict. But I think it's pretty clear. You, you don't want to be a mom who looks to her boys and say, I always dreamed of being on Broadway, but I was too scared to get up on stage in Detroit. <laughs> Couldn't quite bring myself to audition for that production of, I can only assume a live version of an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think that's over 75% of all community theater productions in 2016. <laughs> if you're lucky, it's that one musical episode. So my verdict, I think it's pretty clear. You're gonna do this. If and only if you have what it takes. So I'm, I'm going, I'm going to Andrew. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh yes, Andrew, pull your earphones on even tighter. Okay. And I am going to um, put on my T-shirt with very short sleeves, a very tight black T-shirt. And, and and drink some product placement, and we're all going to watch this audition. We'll play a, a, a shortened version of it now, but you can check out the whole thing online. And, uh, and I will, I will, I'm going to just open my chamber's doors so I can enjoy this with you guys. And, uh, and, and we'll take it from there. All right. the fast part. Tom. Yes, sir. Did you take this video? I did. Yeah, you did a terrible job. Yeah, I realize. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard everything I need to make my decision. Bailiff Jesse, I'm going to slip into chambers for a little bit so that we can take a message break. And when we come back from message break, Andrew and you and I will determine whether or not Trinity is going to Detroit. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Tom? Yes, sir. It sounds like this is all going to come down to a vote upon the judge's return. How do you think, uh, how do you think Trinity is going to do? I think Trinity is going to do incredibly well because I, I've heard that video and seen it several times, and I know how impactful it is, and uh, I know uh, how good she is in it. How about you, Trinity? You think you've got what it takes? Do you want to have what it takes? Well, I do have what it takes. Um, Wow. um, Okay, cool. (laughs) It better be. Hey, Tom, I got a question. Just while we got a six-digit audience (laughs) listening, um, I don't like like to use this space to plug my own career, but I just want to let all of the regional theater directors 
uh, who <laughs> might be listening, and, and I'm going to include uh, local Los Angeles community theater directors know that while I'm very proud of my success as a podcaster and public radio host and uh, my uh, multiple small-scale failures as a television host, uh, I, I would like to publicly make myself available to play <laughs> Professor Harold Hill in any productions of The Music Man nationwide. Here's my standards. I've thought about this a lot. Um, I'm willing to go to New York and stay at Hodgman's house. Uh, I'm willing to stay here in Los Angeles and do almost any real production uh, of The Music Man. And I'm willing to travel anywhere in uh, the lower 48 states uh, for a paying job in The Music Man. And you can use my name uh, to sell tickets. Uh, It just won't work. Um, So that's the standards that I'm offering to everyone. Uh, You know how to get in touch with me, at Jesse Thorne. Um, We're we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out whether Trinity is gonna make it all the way to the legendary stages of the Motor City. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, 
and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. Andrew, Bailiff Jesse, you both heard Trinity's audition tape. What do you think? Is she going to go all the way to Detroit, Michigan? Andrew, what's your take? You know what? I think so. (laughs) I think... You'll be swell. You'll be great. You're going to have the whole world on your plate. Starting here, start now. Honey, everything's coming up roses. Oh, it was so hard for me not to sing along. <laughs> I, I heard you trying, but Andrew wasn't letting you. <laughs> I, I tried so hard. That's a big old yes from Dallas. <laughs> Bailiff Jesse. What's your ruling? I am surprised, my dear, to see you here singing Proud Mary at karaoke night. Sorry, that's the only song from uh, uh, from my specialty, which is Professor Harold Hill uh, in The Music Man, that I could turn into a topical reference to your performance. Uh, I say, watch out. Detroit, Michigan, or possibly the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, because here comes Trinity. All right. That's another big yes. I guess there's nothing I can say because it's going to happen. But I'm throwing my vote in. Yes, you're going to Detroit. (laughs) Yay! Well, I really there are two things that I really hoped for. One was that you were going to present as someone who had made a considered decision in your life that you didn't want to be on stage and that I would then play that. And I would say to you, you have no choice. You have to be (laughs) because I have to say uh, that was a pretty compelling performance of a not easy song and you crushed it. The other thing I wished after these two guys sang is that I could have in the moment come up with an appropriate Hamilton song to turn into a congratulations Trinity song. But I'm I I am no Lin Manuel Miranda. I don't freestyle. <laughs> hi Lynn, if you're listening. Hi Lynn. Well let's just stipulate that we've all said hi to Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Andrew hasn't. Hello. <laughs> And Tom's going to be there in just a few short months to see him live on stage. That's true. Tom is? Yes. Yes. But not you? No, he's taking his wife. Bogus, Tom. Give your tickets to the star. Order him to do that, please. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Tom. I'll let you keep your tickets if you pass this next audition. Oh, Lord. We saw you in Royal Oak or wherever it is you are now. Now we're here at the final (laughs) audition. You squeaked by with two yeses and a no. Are you going to be able to keep your tickets to go to Hamilton or are you going to have to give them to Trinity? 
This is the new game that I've just made up. The only way for you to win is get is to get two yeses again. No, you have to get three yeses. You got to really, you got to really crush it. All right, this is the big time. What, what am I singing? Take a minute. Take a minute. Don't jump into it. Am I singing Copacabana again? Uh, unless you prepared something else. Yeah, I mean, you said that wasn't your strongest song, and uh, that was apparent from your rendition of it. So maybe you could go to your strength here. Uh, now I'm afraid if I go to my strength, it will be weak, but that's okay. I will try anyway. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Fly me to the moon and let me sail among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Well, at least we know that uh, Tom isn't cheating by using, like, a, a tuning fork or something like that to get his first note. <laughs> that was great, Tom. That was fantastic, Tom. <laughs> Is that a yes from you, Jesse? Does Tom get to go to Hamilton? Yes, Tom does go get to go to Hamilton. I think he should, like me, though, in the future, focus on speak singing roles. <laughs> I should have rapped. Yeah. You should have done something from Hamilton. Mm. I'm not going to let Andrew in on this I'm gonna, because I'm, I'm afraid Andrew is going to be like, what am I hearing? Andrew is not one to be nice and to withhold what's on his mind. So I, I'm going to preempt you, Andrew, and just say, yes, even though your Copacabana was actually stronger. <laughs> That's fair. I can't in good conscience take your Hamilton tickets away from you. That <sighs> Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick flew across the country with StubHub tickets that were denied at the door. Oh, and no. that was like, I've, I couldn't breathe when I heard that news. So, so Andrew, but Andrew, uh, now that I voted yes, and it's, you can speak plainly without, without uh, any repercussions. What, what was your take on what, what's your, what's your feeling about Tom and, and, and his future uh, as a singer? Mm, yes. Um, I would say that under the appropriate preparations, I think Tom would be one should join Trinity on the stage in the next musical production she auditions for. You're giving him a yes? Wait, I don't know. You have to understand that he's already got two yeses. That's true. But he needs three, he, correct? No, no. He, oh, that's right. He needs unanimity. I did say that. Ah, uh, yes. I'm taking that back. You no. can say you can say what you feel. He's going to go to Hamilton no matter what. That's true. That's true. I would say, you know, oh, this is a hard one. Tell him, tell him how you feel. Or I will. <laughs> I just, uh, I would say. Let me put it this way, Andrew. Yes. Between these two performers. Yes. My instinct is there is one that should not be concerned about stage fright and one that should. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I would agree. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think so. I mean, I think what you were saying is under the right conditions, Tom probably can do it, but he, he was, he was spooked. Yes. A little spooked from the, yeah. uh, the, the podcast. You ain't got it, kid. You ain't got it, Tom. <laughs> That's all right with me. Trinity's got it. I agree. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Trinity, how do you feel? I, uh, I, I feel okay. 
I, I feel pretty good. Um, I, I apparently going to be on the stage. So I'll let you know how it goes. Trinity, I believe in you. Oh, thank you. And I believe you'd be great in the, in the Music Man. Thank you very much. Now, Tom, I don't believe in you, Tom. How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. Um, I feel fine, except for those embarrassing musical performances I just did. I, I knew, you know, afterwards, I knew I should have gone with one of my signature rap songs for, from karaoke and Tom I can assure you that you definitely should not have done that <laughs> um, and I think that you had lovely tone and I think that you would have turned in a, a wonderful performance had you had uh, preparation and accompaniment um, so <laughs> thank you so much for being willing to walk out onto that ledge uh, before I pulled the ground out from underneath you uh, and thank you to both thank you to both of you and to you Andrew for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast That's it for this week's Judge John Hodgman podcast. Remember, we are going on tour in the Northeast, uh, heading all the way from New England down to Washington, D.C., and thence to London, England for the London Podcast Festival, where Judge John Hodgman will be joined uh, by the Max Fun Podcast's International Waters, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Hey, that's me. And, of course, the Beef and Dairy Network. You can find all of those. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Tour dates online at MaximumFun.org. Just look in the right-hand side. This week's case was named by Trevor Hayworth and Eli Denovitz. Uh, thank you to the two of them. Uh, if you would like to name a future case of Judge John Hodgman, make sure you're tapped in with us on social media. That is not an expression, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, follow at Jesse Thorne on Twitter and at Hodgman. Like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook and join the Maximum Fun Facebook group. Our producer on Judge John Hodgman is Jennifer Marmer. And if you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, make sure to bring it to us. Go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. That's MaximumFun.org slash JJHO and share it with us there. And if you live in one of the cities and you have a maybe case or an almost kind of case, please send that in. We really need cases in those places so we always appreciate hearing from you and i guess that's about it thanks for listening to this week's judge john hodgman podcast
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.